And good evening, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Football Bloody Hell. We've done it, boys. Christmas is finished. We've got through it. The day is over and living to tell the tale are my guests this evening. Rick Byatt is here. How you doing, Rick? Hello. Much better than I was over the Christmas period. I was poorly. Oh. I was poorly. I was bedridden. Oh, no. I had the Christmas flu. But oh, I'm dear, right. oh, dear, oh, dear, oh, yeah, dear. Right did you have any turkey? I'm not, I'm not going to blame the turkey, but yes, I did. I was well enough to do that. And then I just went, went over to my mother's and had some stuff and then came home. And I've basically been bedridden for two days. But I've manfully got up today to get on with the pod. That's all the listeners can ask for, Rick. That's all the listeners can ask I've for. I've got nothing left to give, Gov. That's it. Freddie McTombolet is here. How you doing, sir? I am wonderful. Tired, but wonderful. Did you have a lovely Christmas? I did indeed. Got to see both sides of the family and uh, had a wonderful day yesterday as well. So two brilliant days for me so far. Excellent. Glad to hear it. It is just the three of us this evening. I did message Mr. Paul Thorpe earlier on today. And uh, for those that don't follow him on social media, uh, he's currently... I want to say, what, probably about nine pints deep now, Rick? As so. He's at Minimum. the darts in Ali Pali. Minimum. He's giving someone... The evening session's going to start in a bit, so he'll be giving someone some serious grief. I did message him earlier on and say that um, make sure that you put a Three Valleys radio sign up with something written on it. So uh, do look out for that, listeners. If you're watching the darts, I'm sure that you might be able to spot a Thorpey there having a, having a drink or two. Maybe we'll try and get on stage. Who knows? People will say, that's Michael Van Gerwen. No, it's Paul Thorpe. He could do the scores. Does either. He could do the scores, <laughs> though. Can you imagine Thorpey? 26. <laughs> do better. It's all about board management. Bold management, exactly. That's what it's about. Exactly. So do look out for that if you are watching the darts. But right here on Football Bloody Hell, we're going to get straight into the action because what better place to start than at Hewish Park, Boxing Day, a record crowd at Yeovil Town, 4-1 winners in the big one against Taunton on Boxing Day. Tom, you were in the stands, weren't you? You were in the stands for this one. Firstly, were you in the Thatchers? No, I was in a screw fix stand, just uh, well, okay. just, just behind our boys, actually. Excellent. Well, do you want to kick us off then and talk us through it? What did you think of the performance and then ultimately the result? I think certainly the first half was up there with one of the best halves of football we've played all season. We were intense passes. Our past couple of games, we felt somewhat wayward with our passing and a little bit sluggish, but we were clinical. We were intense charlie cooper as much stick as he gets for playing slowly or playing backwards he was making some brilliant passes um throughout the entire game to be fair everyone was just on it senior looked dangerous on the left uh youngie still looked dangerous on the right michael smith who we will touch on in just a moment was bombing down the wings for the entire 90 minutes um absolutely wonderful performance from him i don't think i've celebrated harder as a Yeovil fan, when I saw that goal go in, uh, it was it was it was special. It was really good to see. Great work goal as well for that. New Blaze finish was lovely as well. Taunton, as much as we looked brilliant, looked dogged. They looked awful. So more of the same for Sunday, if possible, because if we get another performance like that, then we'll take them every day of the week. Add to our goal difference, put them in the mud. Why not? Rick, you were listening in uh, to the game. 
what did you make of the the first half in particular? Because it seems as though that Yeovil had a really, really fast start and we just had a little bit too much for, I say a little bit too much, probably a lot too much for the for the boys uh, down the A303. It makes a change, doesn't it? Rather than a stoic performance from Yeovil gradually grinding people down and scoring in the second half or whatever. I mean, Thorpey was on comms. He was demanding three by half time. And uh, I was the thing that concerned me the most was I did I did send out a, a, a tweet after Michael Smith scored. Just con- I was very concerned about Tom Bailey's health. I thought that he might have exploded on the stand or whatever. But apparently, goal of the season voting for goal of the season is now closed. It's been decided. I thought Garnacho's was quite good, but apparently it wasn't a patch on Michael Smith opening his account for Yeovil. But it was it was good. It seemed. Exactly. Rather than being frustrated that we should be bossing this, we should be dominating this. Why aren't we? Whatever. It just Yeovil went out and did did exactly what they needed to do and got ahead. And it didn't seem like Taunton were ever going to really threaten to get back into the game. That's, that's the impression that I got. Tom, well, in terms of the overall picture on the day, uh, there was drop points again in and around the teams that uh, are there going to compete with Yeovil. You expect to compete with Yeovil come the end of the season and it was only a couple of weeks ago that we started saying hmm Torquay are just in the distance over our shoulder getting closer and closer since then I think that's uh two on the bounce that they've now slipped and you will find themselves 10 points clear I mean all in all not a bad afternoon is it no it's been brilliant for us I mean two on the bounce as you said for Torquay now a loss against Chelmsford and then losing um at home to Truro I don't know if any of you saw the clips on well they've been circulating the medias of uh i think it was originally a tiktok of uh talkie fan kicking off at some of the fans sorry talkie player kicking off at some of the fans and uh the fans telling them what they think of him so i think if there's a video to sum up talkie season so far i think that's probably it slough doing us a massive favor as well spazzled with a 98th minute equalizer so that's two points dropped for them Avely lost again to Dover of all teams. I saw I, that's twenty-two game winless streak they've now ended at the hands of Avely. I think our only negatives were that Weymouth won because no one wants Weymouth to win, and Bath won. Everyone else around us slipped up. Maidstone slipped up as well. So all good for us, I think. As you said, thirteen sorry ten points clear. It's thirteen clear of Torquay, and with a couple of big games coming up, it could easily be more as well. Rick, if we're going to be hypercritical, which sometimes you have to be when you're you're a team that are at the top of the table and you want to make sure that you iron out any, you know, weaknesses, if at all, uh, in the side, as obviously conceding a set piece towards the end of the game, that just must leave a little bit of bitterness or frustration, particularly for the manager. And particularly for Thorpey. Thorpey was very cross. He wanted a clean sheet. It doesn't matter, does it, really? Let's be honest. It's a nice thing to have and it's a, it's a feather in your cap and you can... It looks nice and what have you, but at the end of the day, it's three points, isn't it? And and goal difference of plus three from the from the day. So I think it's just job done. It's inevitable if you're coasting a game that the opposition is going to get a chance come the finish. And so long as it doesn't hurt you, which this one clearly didn't, then it's all well and good, isn't it? It's three points and move on and hopefully do the same thing on New Year's Eve. Well, someone who won't be playing on New Year's Eve, Tom, did you get a good look at this incident because it looked like it was a two yellow cards in quick succession with the first one being a challenge and the second one being for the argy bargy that happened afterwards would that be fair yeah 
to be honest, at the time, I didn't think there was too much that had actually happened. Looking at the replay on HP Source, there was definitely a push. Um, but for any of you who didn't see any of the highlights, I'd say the challenge was a yellow. It was a strong challenge from Makuti. And uh, the reaction was was just unnecessary. I mean, Cooper on the floor, yes, he's a bit of a sportsman. And there was a reaction that may well have been prompted by him. But you don't react to that. And he knows he shouldn't be reacting to that as well. If anyone's going to do something like that, it's going to be Charlie Cooper trying to wind you up or get in your head. Offers him a hand up. Cooper pushes him away and, well, sort of waves his hand away. And then he pushes him back to the floor. So... I think it was the right call, to be honest. I'm impressed they didn't even go down to nine because of the amount of complaining that Ross Stern was making as well to the referee. Had a bit of fun with the home fans as well, but he was whining and whining. So I'm impressed he wasn't booked at all for anything like that. So, yeah, it was definitely a deserved red and he won't be making an appearance. There are a couple of other players that won't be making appearances. Obviously, Linton and Falston can't due to their loan agreements. And uh, Dylan Morgan is strongly rumoured to be joining us. Uh, he was left out yesterday due to apparently his head not being in the right place, according to Rob Dre. So I can't imagine he's going to be in the home leg for that one either. So a lot missing for Taunton at the moment. Rick, I don't know if you caught it on comms, but I'm pretty sure the words that were falling out of Paul Thorpe was that uh, Makuti will probably look to it. He made such an impression that he'd probably be a shoo-in to start the reverse fixture. And then almost as Thorpe finished that sentence, uh, he was commentating on him being sent off and now isn't able to play in that match. So uh, I did uh, find that rather amusing. The curse of Paul Thorpe. The gift that just keeps giving. Yeah, it's, it is what it is, isn't it? Was it uh, these decisions, Tom, with, with a, uh, a couple yellow cards in succession, were they of Michael Oliver standing or were they genuine? I'd say, I'd say genuine. Yeah. Without a replay, I probably couldn't give a, a proper opinion, but there was definitely people getting involved. So I think he probably made the right call. I think, I want to say Cooper got booked for it as well, but I can't remember. Um, but the red was definitely a red because you can't go pushing people back to the floor. I can't think of, I can't actually remember what else happened booking wise. It was, a, I was so busy enjoying the goals and the football that was being played. You, were you enjoying the goals, goals, goals? Honestly, it was brilliant. That was one of the most complete performances we've had. It says a lot when, towards the final five minutes, Yeovil fans are chanting, we want five, which I don't think I've ever heard us chant before. It was it was A lot of them a, there as well, wasn't it, chanting that? A lot of them. 6,301 of them. Well, 400-ish away fans, so 5,900 Yeovil fans, which is seriously impressive in itself. National so, League South, remember, that is incredible. For the sixth tier. Yeah, would have been, would have been the second Arabia. highest. Would have been the second. Well, yeah, exactly. Would have been the second highest in the national league as well. I think they published their figures yesterday. It would have been yep. second. Yep, only lower than Southend United, who had a derby against Barnet. So, and that's a, they're two good teams as well. It's seriously, it's a credit to this club that the support and the fan base that we have at this level, with the team that we've got and the ownership that we've got now, and the staff that we've got to make a run like this and create some records and see how far we can push things because that's now a club record two league records where does it stop what's next it does show sometimes though that you have to be realistic about these things and a step backwards to reset the club and move forward rather than hanging on to survivor in the national league and maybe having a bit of a another relegation battle sometimes you know it's just that it is that reset and you and you move forward 
and you progress from where you are. So it's, it's probably been beneficial in a perverse sort of way. Well, next up, I think it's yourselves, isn't it? Am I right in thinking it's Team Tom, Team Rick, seeing the new year in up at Taunton? I will be Looking a poor man's poor Thorpe again. There's nothing wrong with that. Absolutely nothing wrong with that. It's a, it's a pleasure to be back alongside you. The FA Cup Dream Team is reunited once again. Is this your first away game of the season as well? Yeah, I haven't got there yet, so let's not count our chickens. But yeah, potentially <laughs> it, it will be, yeah, potentially. Are we saying away in inverted commas? No, it will be away. Taunton is a trek, to be fair. It's miles away. <laughs> but um, in terms of the actual game, Rick, from what we've seen, obviously, yesterday and what you've listened to, I mean, you'd be hard-pushed to kind of expect to see too much difference probably from from the game obviously Taunton will have home advantage now but there was an obvious quality gap in between the two teams so you would expect that if both play both teams play to their maximum that it will still point towards an, an away victory here yeah, given well. the circumstances you don't you can't see Taunton being much stronger than they were I mean as long as people don't go there expecting that you're going to win an away game by that same score just come away with a win that's all that that's all that matters go in do a job and bugger off with the points that's what's important quick prediction then rick stick with you get in do the job bugger off with the points two nil yeovil tom just to round that off Ooh, let's go bold three one to yeovil especially if we played like we did yesterday because again we're magnificent i agree three one i reckon I think uh, as long as Yeovil can, you know, it's that typical cliche that we always reference on this pod, get through that tricky 10, 15, first 15 minute spell. And then if it's still level or they've managed to get themselves in front by that point, I think it should be a should be a decent New Year's Eve to see in 2024. Uh, now the game has been moved, of course, because it was New Year's Day, wasn't it originally, but moved forward to New Year's Eve. So a little pre-New Year's Eve treat for you all before everybody then gets on it to see to see the new year in and everybody goes a little bit Paul Thorpe nine pints deep and all that well let's move on to the Premier League then because I think how we're going to do this we will just talk chronologically with how the games fell on Boxing Day which means Rick Hyatt you said yourself you had quite a rubbish Christmas really you weren't feeling too great and poorly boy Feeling very poorly. So what better way than to cheer you up than a nice little tasty 12.30 at St. James's and Chris Wood take a bow. The Wood Chopper in fine form. And uh, yeah, went back and celebrated three marvellous goals against Tyndall's Black and White Army. And, and well deserved. Uh, Armoron, what was he doing for one of those breakaway goals? Absolutely mental, but, but thoroughly, thoroughly delightful. And I, I watched that one and I enjoyed every minute of it. I was disappointed, th- though. Social media afterwards, no picture from the Newcastle changing rooms. What's going on? Do they only do that so when they win? We'll never know if Jason Tindall, from what we were talking about on the Christmas Eve pod, whether he was going to wear a hat or not. I don't know. He wouldn't have disappointed. It would have been a show. Tom, we spoke on Thursday as well about the fact that Nuno going into Forest probably makes the relegation battle a little bit more interesting. But um, that result has certainly possibly changed the minds again. You, you'd think so. I think we still need to see more before we can make a proper, a proper judgment because, of course, Newcastle are the only team with an injury crisis at the moment. I actually felt a bit for Chris Wood. You get to score a hat-trick. Not, not often do you get to score a hat-trick in the Premier League 
and you don't get to celebrate any of the goals as he's shown respect to his previous employers. Don't you think which... that, that just made him look a bit more sinister and a bit more mean and a bit more like he meant it? He was like some deadly assassin. He got these I think so. Like, Let's crack on, lads. It looks good, but I'm sure inside he's probably like exploding. Because oh, yeah. again, you don't you don't get to score hat tricks often. He could have had four as well would. if um, if Alanga had um, squared it for well before his first goal. He could have had four. It could have been um, even worse for Newcastle. It's definitely something not quite right there at the moment with uh, Newcastle. I know they've got a constant conveyor belt of the team sort of in and out of the injury room, but it's not going to be long before I, he won't be sacked this season they'd be stupid to sack him this season but if they started next season like this i wouldn't be surprised if there were a few noisier fans that were trying to get him gone because they've not had a great run recently i think it's two wins in the last seven which by newcastle because of the injury crisis (laughs) because of the injury (laughs) crisis sorry about that it is it is but Fans are um, pickle these days. So. With, with similar results, if, if their manager was bold and Dutch, he'd be under all sorts of pressure. But he's not. So he's not. I think no that's coffee. fair. But I wouldn't be. it would be interesting to see what does happen when the results start to go against Newcastle. Because this is the first time this has really happened since Eddie's gone in there. And I'm sure we've all saw the documentary of... You know, how much that they've been <laughs> Rick saying no. Well, I saw it anyway. I don't know if you did, Tom, but how over the top that they were with like their support of Eddie Howe and particular um, Mrs. Staveley. I think he was, she sort of weirdly was calling him babe and stuff. It was all a little bit weird for me, to be honest, but it wouldn't surprise you if then, you know, in a couple of months' time, they'd be like, yeah, we'll go and get, you know, we'll try and get Jose Mourinho or something and just completely rip it up and and go in a new direction. But as for Forrest, Rick, Chris Wood, I don't know if you saw the interview with uh, Amazon Prime afterwards, but the reporter reporter said to Chris Wood that the second goal was was unlike a typical Chris Wood finish or something, which he said to the reporter, that's a bit harsh. And I think he had every right to say that back. When you you finish like that, and then somebody says, that's not what I expected from you. You're a bit (laughs) rubbish. Normally you have tap-ins at the far post. It was a very, very good finish. Very accomplished. Well done, Chris. And I thought he took that question well, to be honest, because that could have gone in a very different direction. He did well. He played well. And yeah. Or fair, fair play to Forrest, because I wasn't expecting that from a Nuno team that early on in his reign. But he set, he set mm. them up perfectly, absolutely perfectly and fair play. I was thinking about this as well, that maybe it's not all down to, to tactics. It, it, it's also down to luck of just who who you happen to to pick on the field. So what I mean by that is um, Callum Hudson-Odoi, he hasn't played a lot of minutes under Steve Cooper. So for whatever reason, Steve Cooper, we know he's a good manager. We can see that from what he's done at Forest. But Hudson-Odoi came in and he was brilliant from start to finish. So sometimes maybe it's not even about tactics, Rick. It can just be somebody you don't fancy for whatever reason happens to get a fresh start and then they play really well, prove a point. And it's just about keeping that up, though, isn't it, I guess? Yeah, I think Jaden Jaden Sancho's hoping that United lose a few more results and he gets... uh... (laughs) He gets that sort of chance himself, but uh, I don't think he's going to. No, it's vibes, isn't it? They felt new manager bounce. And fair play to them. A well-deserved victory. They deserve that 100%. 
a team that doesn't have a new manager bounce. They have an existing manager bounce. Is of course Bournemouth and uh, Tom's favourite Iriola because they've continued that good recent form with a spanking win over Marco. Have they not sacked him yet? They not. They not. You know what? Him. I've not seen anything. No, I've not seen anything. Apparently, he was that close. I know. I think he's probably he was probably backed on uh, Three Valleys Radio, wasn't he? I think he had our, he had uh, our wholehearted support. We saw him there for the long term. Tom, Tom, would you like to uh, come forward with an updated statement on behalf of Free Valleys Radio? That that gets that ages worse and worse, doesn't it? I've said for the past couple of weeks I was wrong. Now I continue to grovel with with apology after apology for Andoni Iriola. I've even learned his name. Didn't think yeah. you were going to have to do that at one point, did you? I couldn't. I said his name wrong. On, well, I just didn't bother. Yeah, Bournemouth look really good. Fulham are a weird team. They're mm. very streaky. You don't really know what you're going to get from them. Like we've seen, we they either lose 3-0 or they win 5-0. Um, Tom, you know what? That a... does mean that you will get from them. Goals, goals, goals. Absolutely. Goals, 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 yes. Um, but Bournemouth, again, look really good. Um, the run from Alex Scott for the, uh, for the assist for 1-0, that was something special. There's definitely a player there that could uh, 100% end up in a higher or level team maybe even like a Spurs in the future I'm not sure but definitely something there Solanke scoring again from penalty spot and uh, I'm telling you that January bid Man United 70 million plus in January is coming (laughs) Rick it's coming (laughs) Hoyland and Solanke who would have thought I don't think United need him now the goal machine has risen we'll move on to that in a a bit because yeah we'll touch on that one yes looking forward Um, to that for the 3-0 great strike I had absolutely no idea that Luis Sinistera had joined Bournemouth. I thought he was still at Leeds, but um, he was part of a loan deal with Jaden Anthony going the other way. But brilliant strike from him. Just looking really good now. Bournemouth, I mean, they're top half. They're 10th, which I didn't see coming at all. Yeah, they're, they're on fire. And uh, long may it continue, I'm sure they'll be thinking. Uh, I am neither here nor there on them. They could finish 12th again for all I care. Well, going into more goals, goals, goals. Sheffield United 2, Luton 3. I predicted a 2-1 Sheffield United and I thought I was on until a couple of own goals quickly changed the direction of this one. Tom, I'll stick with you because this could be a vital three points for Luton because I think that's back-to-back wins now for them, isn't it? So suddenly six points shoots you right up there, particularly with other teams that around them have been picking up points. It's vital for them. That's a colossal win. For Luton and they won't care how they've done it because they've done it consecutive wins for the first time in their history in the, the Premier League only one point now behind Everton although they shouldn't be there and they're on fire so in theory they're two points outside the drop zone and they've got a game in hand so Forest are close to that drop zone and Luton are closing that gap there's a four-point gap between Burnley and Sheffield United and Luton have that game in hand so two are gone there's still one team left to drop it could be Luton, it could be Forest. Yeah, really, really good from Luton to uh, keep themselves involved. And uh, nice to see former Glover getting involved as well with Gabby Osho causing mayhem for uh, the first own goal. Doughty's been really good this season as well, getting his first goal. Whereas Fosram, I still maintain, is the worst goalkeeper the Premier League has I did ever think seen. of you as that one trickled <laughs> through his legs. <laughs> I just thought, I was like, nah, well, I said it. He's not very good, is he? Not a Premier League level keeper anyway, but nice for Doughty to get his um, goal. 
And seven points for me in my fantasy team. We'll uh, not talk about that any further, though. Yeah, really good for Luton. And Sheffield United will just be looking forward to next season, I imagine. And Rick, we'll look ahead to obviously the, the next fixtures in the second half of the pod. But I think it's Chelsea next. So who knows? Three on the spin, maybe? Quite possibly. Quite possibly. It's not beyond the realms of possibilities. I mean... They've got a system and they found their feet in the Premier League and it's back-to-back wins. That's the important thing. You get two or three wins together and it doesn't have make a difference with the league table, as we well know. And to pick up a win away to one of your rivals in a similar sort of situation in the league, it's like gold dust, son. It's like gold dust, that is. Now, fair play to Luton. I would like to see if they, uh, if they do pull away from the drop zone. I think that would be quite cool. Who's going to be the other team that drops in? Because I think Sheffield United and Burnley are doomed. So who the third team will be is is the interesting thing. Because everybody sort of had, had Forrest down as that one. And if they've just gone and gone and beat the Saudis as well. So there's points being picked up. It could be anybody. Who knows? Who knows indeed? I mean, like you say, you might be looking at... I know it's quite a, a number of teams there. But you might be looking at one of Fulham, Brentford or Palace as things stand. Not beyond the realms of possibility, is it? You, you, you go on a stretch where you lose three or four games and the teams around you are picking up points and winning games, then, yeah, you find yourself in the, in the mire. So, yeah, we'll wait and see. The 5.30 offering was, of course, Burnley against Liverpool. And I'm pleased to say that not only did Liverpool win, but Dave Pryor got this prediction absolutely spot on. It was an industrious... 2-0 win. A couple of goals disallowed for VAR as well. Gakpo and Harvey Elliott. But Tom, I'll start with you. As Rick referenced in the yeovil Tottenham game, I think it was very much a case of get in, get out, job done, move on. Nice three points. Yeah, it went smoother than I uh, expected. I didn't get to watch it. I, I was with family. Do so you think? I, I think so. I, I, this is what I've seen from the highlights, at least. Well, it took it took it right until the end to smooth it over, but I see what you mean. It felt like that there was just a little bit towards the end that made it a bit squeaky because, you know, the goals didn't count and yeah. then the longer it was one nil, you just wondered whether or not it might go the other way, but continue. Yeah. I do think it should have been wrapped up sooner, um, particularly in the fifty fifth minute where there was a certain goal that was uh, disallowed, I'm sure. Mr. Rick Hart will be having a field day when he gets to talk about it. What was your thoughts, Tom Bailey? You first. I am of the opinion now, when it first happened with the Akanji goal when in the Man City game, I can't remember who they're playing against, um, I was like, yeah, it's offside because he's he's interacting. Now I've got to be careful with what I say because Salah hasn't interacted with the ball, but they've ruled that he's interacted in play by, was it interfering with the line of vision of James Trafford, wasn't it? I find that ridiculous because he wasn't saving it anyway. He was diving the wrong way anyway. So he's not impacted anything. He's not even, he's not moved. He's not had any sort of... Well, he was moved because he was pushed, let's be honest. Well, yes, but at the same time, I think it's a bad decision. And if it means that the Akanji decision is very similar, then I'm prepared to go back and say that the Akanji decision was also wrong because this wasn't offside. He had no involvement, so I don't see how they can give that as um, as offside and interfering in play. But maybe that's my bias. Rick Hyatt, do you want to come in on that particular decision? No, I have nothing to offer. We have bigger fish to fry. 
Is that your way of saying, no, I agree with you, Tom Bailey? No, I don't care. Didn't affect the okay. result. I just thought, if... because Tom is actually right, in an ideal world, that would be given. Because it was Liverpool getting a goal ruled out, I just thought it was very funny, and I enjoyed it a lot. Okay, that's a very honest opinion of you. I'm very glad to hear that. That's fair enough. I'm, I'm sort of in the same opinion as you. I think it's ones that you've seen given this season, so you just kind of accept it. Though when you actually look on the basis of it and did see that the keeper was going the wrong way and nobody seemed to flag, no one seemed to go, oh, he was definitely in the line of sight, which quite often players sort of call for, particularly the goalkeeper. But he didn't do any of that. <laughs> so um, it did just seem a little bit bizarre to me. But hey, three points is three points. And that's why we go to Old Trafford, Rick Hyatt, because... After about 26 minutes, was it? Aston Villa 2-0 up and looked like they're absolutely cruising at Old Trafford. But in fairness to Patrice Evra, he made the point at half-time that actually it's only really set pieces that have been causing Manchester United a problem. If they can actually start to pass the ball around a little bit, they might get some joy. And from my perspective, because I watched the whole of the second half, it was the high line of Villa that just seemed to be creating the problems. I know that they played like that all season and... Nobody seems to have worked out to just get the ball down the side, similar to um, what Chelsea did to Spurs. But Manchester United managed to get that together. And Rick, it was a pretty comprehensive second 45 minutes. So uh, I guess my question is, where the hell has that been? Hiding. At 8.45 yesterday evening, as we speak, the world was a grim, grey, dark place with lots of nasty people on social media writing things that nearly made me cry and and all glorying in it, the rotters, and all having a very lovely time. In fact, I even, at one point during the second half, I got a text message from a glorious leader and it said simply, doesn't get any better, does it? But then, at half time, it did, and it was glorious. I don't want to talk about the first half anymore. It was depressing. It nearly made me cry and it was rubbish in pants. But the second half, what a glorious display of attacking football that was. Garnacho and Rashford, if they could get their flipping act together, he'd have had a hat-trick himself. He'd have gone all Chris Wood mental. And the goal from Hoyland was the good times returning to Old Trafford. I mean, you don't want to big it up too much and say that oh, they've United have turned so many corners this season. We've said before that they're going round in circles, but that's certainly not a, a manager who's lost a, lost a dressing room, is it? That, that was a, a team there putting a shift in for a gaffer that they obviously think a lot of and want to keep, playing to a game plan. Quite why Dracula kept Villa playing the high line when United were caught offside more times in that half than anybody has in any half during the Premier League season so far. So to keep doing that and thinking that that's how because that was the only way United were going to get back into it was to hit him on the break and do it but it was just glorious and I enjoyed it very very much particularly Hoyland adding points to my fantasy team which is a marvellous because I was on the verge of kicking him out but kept him in and yeah that second half performance just it made me smile and let's face it after being picked on by you two gits for the last few (laughs) weeks I've had precious precious little reason to laugh or smile I have some of that Thorpey as well. He was wading in on the last last week's pod. Have that, you lot. I'm enjoying it. Thank you very much. Tom Bailey, say nice things about Manchester United Football Club now, please. It's your turn. The Hoyland goal, when I saw that celebration, because again, I didn't get to watch it. Uh, great finish. And also, I it was actually quite moving, getting to see how, how much that meant to him. 
you can tell he really cares. So you know how you felt when Michael well Smith scored. That's yeah, how that's I felt how when Hoyland scored. <laughs> and you've got that for another ten years. Michael Smith's thirty-five, not twenty-three. So you've uh, you've got a long old way Good. to go with this. Yeah, I think it was a really important. If we're judging by if we're judging by celebrations, Tom, I, I I had assumed that Onana had scored. Looking at the celebration that he did after Hoyland had scored the goal, he was just happy. He dodged the bullet, it. wasn't he? Jeez. Oh, Poppadon wrists. Jesus. I think Villa, again, still come out of it with some form of credit. I know people yeah. say it's only Manchester United. but Who said that? It, no, I'm I'm saying some people said that. I'm not saying that. Not me, but I believe no, that there are people no. out there that you but horrible. I probably said that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There'll be people saying that, but that's a really important win for Manchester United to come back from that. I like as well, this feels like a little bit of the Van Gaal era where he's trusting youth. I mean, Hannibal coming on, Dan Gore coming on, Cambuala coming on as well. And, well, Scott McTominay is not really youth anymore. But, he's a youth um, product. He's youth product. And he was replacing Kobe Minu, who is also youth. I think there's, it feels like there's certain things that are working, which, and I know it's, again, it's very soon to say it's only one way and all that. But more of this and things will be back on the right track for them. They just need to score goals because defensively, they're not horrific. United at all. Despite, Johnny Evans had a really, really good game. Despite against West Ham, that was the ninth different centre-back pairing they've had this season. Which is That's impressive hard work. that you could even get that much. Mm. feels like the um, Liverpool post-champion season, where we played Fabinho and Jordan Henderson at centre-back. But it's like, just, um, just something just struck me about that game. It's like the first half was played with 100% Glazer ownership, and that second half was played with 25% of their ownership taken away, and you can see the improvement that makes to the club. Does that make sense? Does that sound good? Uh, yeah, I, I, know exactly. I know exactly what you mean by that. But what I wanted to, um, the point I wanted to make to you, Rick, is I was talking to you about the the narrative of that goes around in football with, with Liverpool, with the before and after the, Man, the Manchester United game, about how Liverpool had shared their goals around, but after the Man United game, it was... Oh, nobody's got over 10 league goals. What's going on? There must be a problem. Well, Hoyland and Garnacho did an interview together, didn't they, with Amazon yeah. Prime? And obviously beforehand, it was that Alan Shearer's piece on Match of the Day uh, where he was saying that Garnacho and Anthony had only passed to him five times in the last however many games. But this time, they had their arms around each other. Apparently, they're best friends and like they've, they, they love each other. They're, they're never, there's never a problem. They're always together. And suddenly, in the space of that game, over 90 minutes, they've gone from, oh, maybe there's a problem. They don't even like each other to they're best friends and they're completely inseparable. It's just funny how the narrative changes on one performance. And Garnacho on the right-hand side. That's what also makes a difference. Rashford came in, played well on the left and uh, Garnacho just looks better on the on the right hand side so hopefully that's a, a three that they'll keep together playing in that manner and, and scoring three goals in halves very very many more times and making me very happy and glad and making Twitter sad well we don't have any more review to do because with the games being split across so many days of the festive period we've already previewed the Brentford Wolves Chelsea Palace and Everton City which will be happening tonight at the time of recording at the top Thursday of course is uh, Brighton Spurs and Arsenal West Ham it's a full championship affair on Friday so boys it's time it's time for looking silly time 12:30 offering Saturday the 30th of December Tom Bailey, I'll start with you. We've no. mentioned it earlier. Luton Town at home 
to Chelsea. We haven't oh. really touched on the Christmas Eve game, actually, have we? But Chelsea lost 2-1 at Wolves um, after we were saying, hmm, maybe Chelsea have turned a bit of a corner. Can we trust Chelsea to say that they'll win at Wolves? Yeah, we'll say Chelsea will win at Wolves. Well, they didn't. Will they win at Luton? I just don't uh, know. <laughs> I, I don't know. I said a 2-1 Chelsea win against Wolves and that went wrong. And because I thought they were going to win at Wolves, I also think they thought said they would win tonight. I can't change that now. I wanted to say a draw instead. Now they've lost. But I've locked it in. It's live and on the airwaves. So I I think that will be a draw. But to, for Saturday, Luton won Chelsea nil. I think. I, it's just impossible to call. But I was going to say exactly the same. I... Because every time I change my mind and say, no, do you know what? Chelsea are going to win this week. I think Chelsea Sheffield United is the only one I've actually predicted them right. And maybe you could put Luton in the Sheffield United category. But I don't know. I think, like you say, Luton are in a little bit of form now. Arguably the informed team out of the two teams. So They're impossible maybe a hard-fought win. Really, really impossible to predict. But it's more hope as well, I think, because it would also be quite funny that of all the, the typical big six, they are the only ones to drop points to lose to Luton. I can't say drop points because that puts us in that bracket, but it would just be really funny and it would aid them in their uh, survival fight. I've got a question. Got a 12.30 kickoff on Saturday. Why aren't Liverpool playing? It's a disgrace. It's their I'm slot. I'm very grateful. I know I'm Liverpool grateful. got a Monday night this uh, time. What's all that about? They should be playing 12.30 Saturday. Don't care what anyone says. But like we're going for, a, going for a full house. I, I think Luton are going to win 1-0 as well. Who'd have thought everybody's backing Luton? That'd be three it's wins It's going to be goal. Yeah. Goal. <laughs> I'm That's big a catchphrase that. that might not kick off. No, big They're fan of that. Goal. <laughs> yeah, big fan of that. Luton beating Chelsea. Nothing else to see here. Move on. The next one is very interesting indeed. A lot of claret. After the... <laughs> after the Fulham fiasco that we'll call it on my prediction there's something burning inside me saying Villa are going to get five at home to Burnley but I might just I might just park that for a second Rick I'll, I'll come back to you is there can you see anything other than a Villa win here I think Villa are due due a win I think they got absolutely destroyed in their last game as I recall so they'll be wanting to put the record straight after the demoralizing performance in the second half of that one. Yeah, Villa are going to win, aren't they? They're going to Absolutely win. battered 2 0, they were. They, they were bat- battered 3 2 after throwing away a 2 0 lead. But I, but I don't think they'll throw it away this time. I think they'll go 2 0 up, and that's where they will stay. And Vincent Company fans for next season's championship campaign will be moving ever closer because Villa are going to win this 2 0. Any advances on two, Tom? I'm just staring at my screen as I've put this in to my uh, silly little predictor table. I've I've said 3-0, and I don't know why, because any time I guess Villa to go big, it goes wrong. But they are I don't home. really see it going any other way. I just don't see Burnley getting much, if anything. And Villa playing with their high line will put Burnley under so much pressure that it could be like a 3-0. Like they did against Everton, I think, where that finished 4, I think. So... Yeah, Villa 3, Burnley 0. And please, Diaby and Watkins, get me some goals because I've put you in my fantasy. I'll meet in the middle with that and my 5. I'll go 4 nil. I'll go 4 nil because apparently a 5 nil prediction you're not allowed to do on Three Valleys Radio anymore. Apparently, I put a stop to all that. So uh, I'll go 4 nil. You I can think. do it. 
but you just need to accept the fact that you're going to look a pillock and everyone's going to remind you of it every five minutes. I think the and only also- other 5 nil we had was when A.D. Hopper said that Sheffield United would win 5 nil at the Emirates or something. Right. And I don't, I don't think it was quite as outrageous as that one. I've put a few 5 nils down. I won't say what ones, though, so I'm not embarrassed. Ooh, interesting. Well, in previous ones, you mean? In previous or ones, tonight. yeah, sorry. Ah. Yeah. Well, this next game won't be a 5 nil. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> what do you mean? This is a Tom Bailey offering, isn't it? This I has think, got yeah. last on Match of the Day all over I it. I think this it? might be on Match of the Day too. This is the I can't be bothered derby. Yeah. I, do we have to do Who this? Who wants one? to take it? <laughs> it's not going to take long, is it? How long does it take three blokes to say nil-nil? I'm going to go different. Screw it. I'm going to go different. I think Brentford will have that rest that they've had last weekend because City didn't play. Uh, Two nil to Brentford. Rick, coming in. I've already I nailed my colours to the nil nil mast, and I'm going to stand by that. I change it two one because I've got two. Is it a late so goal far. there, Tom? Yep. Okay. There you go. Hilda, what say ye? <laughs> there's Desmond? burning. There's something burning inside me that's saying Desmond. No. Yeah. Um, Surely not. There is goals here, though, isn't there? In there is goals in Palace. There is not normally there is goals in Brentford. They're just not getting them at the moment. But does that mean that they'll never score again for the end of time? Uh, I don't know. Do you know what? I'm going to say Brentford one, Palace two, away win. That's completely blown me because Palace are home, and you've said Brentford first. And... Oh, oh! <laughs> I thought I thought it was at the G Tech Community Stadium. Who's hosting this pod? Yeah. Eddie Hopper, can you hear me? Is this thing on? It's my new yeah. microphone. New Testing. Microphone Testing. Yeah, sorry. Home win, 2-1. <laughs> what, Palace to win 2-1? Palace to win 2-1, yeah. Right, okay. okay. I, think I, probably, I probably, in that prediction from getting it wrong, have predicted all three possible yeah, results. Yeah, I think you've covered yourself <laughs> that one. Ooh. Oh, dear. Three God. o'clock. All right. Um, How many? Crikey. How many? Yeah, right. Um, oh, are we... Any advance on five? Tom? Six? Six, six in there? Six, six nil. They won't score. So, six. What game is this, pray tell? Nobody, nobody's mentioned the fixtures yet. <laughs> Abu Dhabi. Oh, you're going to leave, leave it to me? Yes, Abu Dhabi. Yeah, yeah, I was waiting for you. Um, Chef you. Chef you. Yeah. Well, I, I will ask Rick, though Rick will probably come back to me and say that as far as he's concerned, the game isn't even being played. Would, would, would I be on the wrong, along the right lines, Rick? Yeah, you can write the result down, but you need to have your little tub of Tipex ready for when they scrub out all of the 115 results, because it won't count in the, in the long run. So there's nothing to lose. It's a free hit for Sheffield U, who did actually, in all seriousness, play particularly well in, in the first game this season between the two, and were unlucky to lose that one but it was a late one wasn't it a late rod were you on yeah yeah. and so i i don't think that i see you say that i'm this is this is the sound of my brain working ladies and gentlemen i'm contradicting myself at every turn because chris wilder is getting sort of a tune out of sheffield united at the moment although they're doing horrendously badly abu dhabi will they have sulky kevin back will that make a difference will will they have the lanky Viking back as well. If they do, if they got those two, then it's just good night Vienna, isn't it, really? It could be one of those embarrassing things. I'll go 3-0 to the Camel Botherers. I'll go 5. I'll stick with it. I'll go with 5. You've got to get one right. in think, every week, haven't you? Someone's going to win. Yeah. 
five week in Dave Pryor land. I think I think you're right though. Wilder has sort of shored things up a little bit. Okay, no one was really expecting possibly the three two that happened <laughs> against Luton, but generally speaking, they do seem to have a bit more of a a plan and a structure about them. Well, but, they did score you know, four you, goals you, and lose three two. Yeah, yeah, which exactly. Is a, which is a good but, effort. Unfortunately, as you said, you don't have to be playing all that well, or you can be playing really well and still go to the camel botherers and get and get turned over. So, yeah, I'm going to say five. Tom, you sticking with six? I'm now contradicting myself because I've seen that they've not won by more than three before, and they were all against Chris Wilder. But I'm I have to stick to my guns. If I back down, I will get myself go. if it comes true. We're going to say six. Now it's Desmond time. Wolves Everton, Desmond, absolutely Everton. Yeah, oh, got a good run away from home, but apart from <laughs> apart from, it's never a good stat when you start saying that they're on good run of form. Apart from the last game against Spurs, of course, but generally speaking, they've been doing okay recently. Everton and Wolves quite difficult to beat on their own patch. So two two, I think Rick. I think that's what that equals. Do you know, it's such a random thing, but I can actually... That's such a valid shout for this game with these two teams, the way that they're playing. But I'm going to say, because I'm, on the, on the, I'm sort of falling in love with Sean Dyke, so I think Everton will win 2-1. This is definitely a case of how you put players into your fantasy team and then it all goes to rubbish, because what happened to he chan you know what happened to the guy from the south korean community tom bailey because he hasn't scored for a little while has he and certainly not since i put him in my team about four or five weeks ago it's definitely a purple patch i don't think he is necessarily suited to english football because he was solid at leipzig but he's been hit and miss so far with uh with wolves i don't know how to call this one because i've always been overly harsh on wolves but at the same time everton looked really good it's, oh, I am going to go for a 1-1, one, one, I think. I just don't... Gone for half I a prior. Wolves of... Yeah, I've gone for, I've gone for a Dez. I just no Mond. Wolves, no Mond today. Yeah, no Mond. Just Dez. Halfway there. Um, I think Wolves proved themselves with the Chelsea win that they are definitely a good mid-table side. And Everton obviously being in the form they're in. It's going to be... I think it would be a decent game. But I, I can't see them separating each other. I think, yeah, one all. 5.30, the city ground, Nottingham Forest, Manchester United. There's a game that screams early 90s. I think it's I think it's this one. Rick, do you want to kick things off? I mean, from your perspective, is it a little bit inside you going, mm, maybe we didn't really want to go there off the back of Chris Wood's performance and beating beating the Saudis off their own park? What are you, what are you expecting? Do you know what I'm expecting, in all honesty? Half time, I'm expecting Nottingham Forest to be 2 0 up and then Manchester United to win 3 2. Anthony Alanga twice. Yeah, yeah, very probably. And then United to win 3 2. I can see it happening all over again. This is the way this team works. They put themselves into a corner and then pull themselves together. And hopefully, that also means that another 25% of the Glazers' shareholding will <laughs> disappear to Sir Jim. If he gets any more shares before the game, then uh, the United will definitely win. But I can, I can honestly, I can see. Whether it be 3-2 again, it'll probably be 2-1. But I can see Forrest going ahead, especially seeing the, the feel-good factor around United and, and whatever after the second-half performance against Villa. And it's just like them to cock it up and, and Nana will let, he'll throw one into his net from outside the penalty area or something stupid. 
if there's a mistake, he'll find it. And then United will rally and come back and, and win. I think it'll be 2-1 to the Manchester United Reds. Tom, before I come to you, there's, there's a part of me that's thinking this one might be a little bit of a stinker. I, I think Man United might edge a kind of a stuffy, sticky game. I'll to be honest, that. I think there'll be I think there'll be a huge expectation now that um, Forest have gone to Newcastle and 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 scored three big goals, three big Woody goals. But I think Manchester United will probably just frustrate the City Grand. To be honest, I don't think they'll necessarily play like they did at Anfield, but I think I could see them just going in there getting that getting that goal and that possibly being enough do you sort of see it leaning that way at all tom yeah they'll win ugly hmm that's what i think forest steve cooper's left though (laughs) sorry that's mean i apologize steve we like steve cooper here love him tremendous tremendous manager i think 3-1 united but i do think forest will take the lead I think they'll they'll come out strong, get a goal, and then United will settle it back down, and then I think the quality will just come through. I thought about it being a draw, but I just don't see that being able to be stopped. It's still too early in the Nuno era for us to really know if they're any good, because they've beaten half a Newcastle side and lost to a good Bournemouth side and a good Spurs side. Well, sorry, that was under Cooper, wasn't it? So, yeah, it's a tricky first couple of games for him. But I think a three-one United. I want a Divock Origi double, but it just turns oh. out it's not actually that good. <laughs> hey, hey, he's not that. He's clutch. You need two goals, but you need it to be in the ninety-fifth minute. That's what you need. They don't. They aren't given a situation to him. He's a situational striker. He's one of those strikers that are really good in a in a great team that can come off the bench and be an impact. But then when you actually get a run of game somewhere else. Not happening. Don't think. No. Don't think he it's going to happen. He started that run when he scored against Wolves. He was starting in that run of games. He did well then. I miss him. I love you, Divock. Right, boys. We've got ten minutes before the end. Still a few more games to get through. So let's start with a London derby on the thirty-first. It's Fulham Arsenal. Rick, I'll throw it to you. How do you see this? More success for the Arse? Sadly, yes. It'd just be an Arsenal game, wouldn't it? Arsenal will probably win. 3-0 or 3-1, they would be annoying in the extreme. Arteta will jump up and down like a toddler who's had too many Smarties and their fans will be particularly objectionable on social media. It's just going to be an Arsenal performance. Nothing out of the ordinary at all. They will be efficient, get it done and and, and go away with with three points. I agree. I think the form that Fulham are in and... Arsenal free scoring at the moment. Uh, I don't know if Jimenez will still be out in this one. I'm not sure. He might be back, actually, but I'm not really sure that's going to make any difference looking at the form of the two sides at the moment. So I think I'd probably have to say 3-0 to the arse here as well. What about you, Tom? Full house? Um, full house, but not 3-0. I've said 4-0. He likes a goal, doesn't he, Tom Bailey? This is going to be a great week if we live in Tom everyone's, Bailey land. Everyone's full of turkey, so they're all not playing very well. Defenders don't know how to defend anymore. And it's Fulham that are going to get stuffed, according to you. We're back, ladies and gentlemen, we're back. (laughs) Evening, Dave Pryor. We'll stick with you, Tom, because can Bournemouth keep up this excellent winning formula at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium? It could be a goals, 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 goals here, surely. I think there'll be goals. I just don't know to who. 5-2 Spurs. Write that down. Someone write that down. Pryor has gone (laughs) 5-2. 
Yeah, I, I think so. Solanke twice. Kulazewski. Uh, I won't go for all of it. Uh, Son, I guess. Um, yeah, I think you've got two teams that play the right way. Spurs' high line will what, always no cause them a little bit of exposure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I can see this being being extremely entertaining. There's usually goals between these two. I will go... Oh, I don't want to take it away from Bournemouth because they're on four wins in a row. And they've scored tons of goals. Considering what you were like to Bournemouth at the start of the season, how come you've suddenly got a conscience towards them? Because they are playing really well and they've completely proven me wrong. Spurs lost against West Ham as well. I'm going to go 3-2 Bournemouth. I'm going to regret this, aren't I? I Liquid football. it's it's, It's going to be a really, really, really good game of football. That's all I know. And I think we'll just go 3-2 Bournemouth and see what happens. 3-2, 5-2, Rick? No, no. It's got to be, hasn't it? Now, I think this will be the Desmond. I think you've snuck Desmond in yeah, at the end. And both teams like to score goals and neither of them likes to defend. So I can I can see the Tottingham Hotspurs uh, are going to go 2-0 up and Bournemouth are going to pull it back to two apiece. And Slanky won't score because there's every possibility I might stick him up front for my fantasy team and that'll <laughs> mess it up for everybody. Sorry, folks, but it will be a Desmond. We do have two left because there's a game on Monday and there's also a game on Tuesday this week. Football everywhere, every day of the week. Football? Bloody hell. (laughs) (laughs) And Rick, I'm going to come straight back to you because it's two of your favourite teams in the calendar. Can they both lose? Can we invent a new category? Minus one to minus one. How many times is Sky going to trot out replays of 4-3 games? Yeah, because there were two, weren't there? I remember what I remember the first one, Stan Collymore and all that sort of shenanigans. Collymore closing in. That's the fella. Whatever happened to him? A nice man, by all accounts. Yeah, but a very uh, amiable presence Careful. on social media. Evening, Joey Barton. I don't really mind. I'd, I'd like them both to go at it, hammer and tong, and I, I, I quite happily have another four three or a three all or a four four or something like that. I think that would be very huge to entertaining. But the unfortunate thing is I'm going to go against... This is so annoying. Go on, go on. For the first time. Oh, for the sake of getting a prediction right. I don't know. I don't want to get a prediction right that much. Uh, No, I don't. It's so close, listener. Listeners are literally like, no, he's not. Is he? Is he? (laughs) You don't know how close I came to saying it, but I think it's going to be one all draw. Boo. Mm. Three one for me, Tom. 3-1. 3-1. I don't think Liverpool are really clicking at the moment, but the <coughs> injury crisis <coughs> will mean that Liverpool will have a little bit too much. What about... Now, hang on. Before before you, you proper Liverpool supporters get into things, how is the big matchup of the day going to be? Kloppo versus Tins. Mad dog. How's that going to go? Uh, it'll be neutral. Nothing they'll cancel each other out and they'll have yeah, to play football out, instead. Oh, if there's a foul right in front of the dugouts as well, when be, everyone's would, up... And... Would this be Klopp fouling one of his own players and injuring them again? Uh, or would it be one of the players involved? Eddie he's going to be, out, going to he's going to be out for quite some considerable time, isn't he, Simakas? <laughs> yeah, he is. Yeah. Klopp's yeah. not a light man. He's, he's quite a substantial <laughs> yeah. human being. I wouldn't want that falling on the head. I saw um, Liverpool were linked with Anthony Robinson of Fulham on loan for the rest of the season today. The fill in. Could do worse. Did you I... see it then, Tom? Go on, Tom. Talk about some me. football. Go on. With with talks of a classic of that 4-3, you've inspired me somewhat. Ooh. I've gone for uh, Liverpool 4, Newcastle United 2. 
I just think Joe Gomez might get a bit exposed, and that's not even against Joe Gomez. Wait, wait. I think that's just a, that's just a applaud in their attacking threat because Isaac scored. Now I've taken him out of my fantasy team. I've fixed Newcastle's attack with one simple move. I just think we'll be purring. I hope the the atmosphere's up. Newcastle always give us a game, but we always beat them. So I am going to say Liverpool four, Newcastle two. If they crank the speakers up, there'll be plenty of atmosphere. Moving on. A couple of minutes left. One more game. Did you make a prediction for the Liverpool game? Oh, did I not? Uh, 3-1. 3-1. Okay. 3-1. Yeah. 3-1 to the Reds because of the injury crisis. Oh, yeah. I remember. We end with West Ham Brighton. Tom Bailey? Tricky one. Um, ooh. West Ham don't have a midweek game. Well, this is... A- this, is your, this is your Tuesday 2nd of January offering. Ooh. I will go. Brighton have got a good record at uh, the West Ham Stadium if that helps <laughs> 3-0 West Ham oh obviously it doesn't <laughs> comprehensive West um, Ham are just playing really well and Brian uh, out of sorts and they don't can't trust them can you Matoma's out them. as well so I think yeah West Ham comprehensive 3-0 boom back of the hammers that's how you do it Rick I do believe that things are going to fall apart for the hipster's choice and Mother Brown's knees will indeed be up and uh, <laughs> what it does was... that mean? Knees up, Mother Brown, you fool. Yeah. The pearly kings proper, of the East End. Cockney. Proper Cockney geezer. Jelly deal sales will be through the roof. Rocket, get your shares in now. And West Ham United, the cocky cockneys, will be victorious by three goals to zero goals. I'm going to say three nil as well. Yeah, Comprehensive. A couple of assists to, for Pakita uh, and Owen and Kudos sharing the goals. Packeter's a good shout for fantasy football as well, isn't he? So no, I wouldn't put, put him in your midfield. Don't put him in your <laughs> midfield at all. Leave him alone. Boys, that's it. We've done it. Just gives me a chance to say, Tom Bailey, thank you very much indeed. Thank you very much. And of course, you can hear us on Sunday at uh, Taunton Stadium. Oh, they yes. change their name every year. Looking forward to that. Rick Hyatt, thank you very much as always. Thanking you. And uh, a good night from myself, Dave Pryor, because signing us out is going to be Rick, because you have been listening to Football Bloody Hell.